This is the Galaxy Wars Podcast with your host, The Grays. Greetings, welcome back to another episode of the Galaxy Wars Podcast with your hosts, Jim and Tom. Uh, we're back uh, after a one-week hiatus, a little vacation, <laughs> to talk about a movie. And uh, we're going to review a movie that I guess benefited from the the outbreak and the pandemic. Yeah. Because I don't know if anybody would have seen this movie. Um, we're going to talk about Love and Monsters. But before we get into Love and Monsters, I'd like to talk about some other monsters. Uh, we have news that... Wonder Woman is got Wonder Woman 1984 mm-hmm. is now going to be released in theaters and on HBO Max on Christmas at no additional charge. Uh, okay. So what do you think about that? The theaters thing, I don't think that's going to pan out the way they think it does. Um, I don't think we'll ever see it in theaters. But the no additional charge is big because that's people besides you know you know what we thought of the movie you know we're saying Mulan was bad because yeah. you know, it was a big problem they had because you know people had to pay extra for mulan when it's going to wind up on there for free in the next six months anyway so yeah i think it's going to be on disney plus in two weeks from now right so if we just would have waited three months nobody would have had yeah. to spend what was it like 25 dollars, whatever yeah that that uh that no extra charge is huge um it's an it's got to be the most, at this point, maybe the most anticipated movie to come out, right, for this yeah. year? Because yes. it was one of those ones that's been in limbo. Nobody knew what was going to happen. So Yeah, we were we were told that three movies were going to come out in December, uh, one of which was Wonder Woman, one of which was Coming to America 2, which now just got uh, bumped to 2021. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was going to Amazon Prime in 2020, and then they're like, oh, we can't compete with uh with wonder woman so we're gonna go to 2021 uh soul is coming out on christmas right out on Dis- on disney plus which is probably going to be another 25 dollar 30 dollar bump that we're gonna yeah. have to pay for that uh this is a direct shot in my opinion to disney plus saying we don't yeah. need to charge our subscribers extra and i mean also you know hbo max is 15 dollars versus disney's eight so maybe you know they recoup it that way in memberships but it's one of those things that this is a movie that could have made a billion dollars easily, and and now they're giving it to us free and saying, "Wait a minute, we can put it in the theaters. We're still going to do a global release, so it's going to be released internationally." But why would people, in my mind, why would people go to see Wonder Woman in the theaters when they know it's going to be released in America and someone's going to pirate it that first day? And there's going to be you don't have to worry about COVID. You don't have to worry about spending your money on Christmas. You're just going out there. But is it you know? Do you think internationally the 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 movie theaters experience is as big as it is over here? Um, I mean, obviously, people we obviously see that the international draw brings in, you know, sometimes double or or yeah. more, you know. So it's obvious that there is a draw for it, and it, there is a you know. there's money to be made internationally for these movies your pirate thing and i'll say that i say this as someone who used to love pirating movies it was like an addiction to me just to get you know uh, a pirated movie i don't do it anymore first i'm making enough money where it doesn't really matter you know like 
I'm in a comfortable spot where I could spend the extra money on the movie. And I, I do have this thing where I kind of want to support the things that I like. Yeah. And the second thing about, well, the main thing about the pirated movies is there is extra steps to be had. You know what I mean? Like your general, yeah, pirating's out there, but generally there's a lot of people that just don't feel like dealing with what you have to do to pirate a movie. Yeah. And, and you know, the you people may already have this system hooked up, but the going from the computer to your screen. So I, I don't think pirating has, has had the impact that people were afraid of that it was going to have. Okay. And for us, I mean, we're already going to be seeing it for free sort of kind of. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't even pay for HBO Max. I know I haven't. Ha- it's included in my cable bill. I do. I'm trying to figure that out, but I have to call the cable company, and uh, you know, but, uh, but it's worth it. To- All you have to do is just say it. Uh, well, it doesn't come up on Xfinity's box. It's not on there yet. So if you have a PlayStation or Xbox yeah. and certain Roku devices, it'll come up yeah. on that. We have a smart TV. It'll probably be on there and LG store, or whatever. Yeah, so. hopefully. Do you think? In today's climate, being released domestically and internationally, Wonder Woman makes over $200 million. Uh, internationally, yeah. You know, it, how important is that 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 push to have it for, for advertisement? You know what I mean? They're, it's kind of one of the things that loses. They don't have, you know, the big rollout. They're not going to have the premieres. They don't have the, you know what I mean? Yeah. They haven't had cons that build up to this. Um, yeah. Yeah. You know, maybe that's one of the things, one of the the good things that, of waiting, you know, like everybody else is doing is the giant rollout to make more money that way. Yeah. But 200000 internationally, I mean, yeah, because there's a lot of places that aren't dealing with what we're dealing with. Yeah. Um, America's number one. So. Yeah. Uh, we're number one in everything. <laughs> So yeah, I, good and bad. Yeah, so I think, I think they'll be okay. The numbers, I think, will. I don't think they'll be too surprising. But I mean, I don't. I don't know what China's doing for theaters, theater going. Um, but Europe, other than England, is having. You know, they're doing fine. Australia, yeah, it, Italy's not doing well. But yeah, I don't know if the Italian market is as huge as we. Right. Expected to be for Wonder Woman. I think that um, uh, the Asian market's going to be big, and Australia is like it's never happened. You know, Australia, yeah. New Zealand, they're doing fine. So there might be money out there for it. Well, I'm gonna th- I'm gonna throw in a curveball because uh, in the boldest news ever, Paul W S Anderson has come out and said we're releasing Monster Hunter on Christmas in theaters. <laughs> okay, great. Like, this is a movie that moved up from 2020. Oh, yeah. They were supposed to be in April. Uh, they got well. It was it was supposed to be in September this year. Then got pushed to April. Then got pushed to, or moved back to January. Then got moved back to December 30th. Yeah. Now it's like Wonder Woman. We're coming for you with Neil yeah. Jovovich. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Here we come. We're gonna come with a move. I, I, he's just so used to losing money. I don't think it matters at, <laughs> at this point. Right. Oh, it was when I read that I was like, "You've got to be kidding me!" Yeah. Like, you're gonna compete with. Um, first of all, no one's gonna see that movie except for the cast. Yeah, uh, in theaters and maybe, at least. I mean, and, I 
And maybe, uh, oh, yeah, in theaters now. Yeah, I want to see it when it comes out, but I'm not going to go to the theaters right. to see, you know, Mila Jovovich starring <laughs> in, you know, Monster Hunter. The last uh, I'm movie, going main- I don't want the last, potentially, you know, gruesome thought, but it's like, what do you want the last movie you'll ever see to be? <laughs> It's like, oh, I, yeah. I went to theaters to see Monster Hunter, and then I caught COVID, and that's that's it. That's the end of it. Yeah. I think, oh, geez, I can't even remember the last. Maybe Tenet was the last movie I saw in theaters. I don't even know. Or if it was before the pandemic, it was Bloodshot. Yeah, that's definitely it for and, me. And I don't want to sit on that <laughs> chestnut. I don't, right, don't want to go near it. Maybe you should go see Monster Hunter just to make sure that's. <laughs> well, bl- at least Bloodshot's getting a sequel. Uh, How about that? Yeah, great. It it's gonna be the superhero familia. <laughs> Vin Diesel is gonna bring you know Tyrese and Michelle Rodriguez. Uh, Everybody's gonna be in Bloodshot. If it, if it, here's our uh, famous or infamous uh, ramblings. If it gets a, a uh, Valiant Universe kickstarted, great. Yeah. I mean, Bloodshot is probably one of my favorite characters out of Valiant, but. There's other ones that are that could be fun to watch, yeah. so we'll see what happens there. I, uh, Toyo Harada has been talked about as far as the old, the first uh, Bloodshot. Ninjak would be fantastic. Eternal Warrior. Yep. It just it all depends. It all depends on who has the rights to who. But um, if we're gonna talk about movies that we've seen or since that we've seen Bloodshot, um, I saw a couple movies this week and TV show. All right. um, I saw the Lego Star Wars Holiday oh, Special. Oh yeah, how was that? Uh, I didn't hate it, <laughs> but uh, I didn't love it. Okay, I thought it was it was good for what it was as a Lego um, Lego property. It could have been better. The storyline could have been a little bit better in my mind. More characters could have been included, uh, but it still doesn't beat my Taika Waititi and the Muppets idea. Yeah, that would be pretty good. I want I want to see that, but we'll save that for a later date. I finally saw New Mutants. Oh yeah, I forgot that was out. Yeah, yeah. Um, I hated it. Yeah. I'm, I'm yeah, not too surprised there. Yeah, it's proves like, it, it just solidifies the point that I don't think it was a Brian Singer problem. It was a Simon Kinsberg problem, a Josh Boone problem. I think it's that Fox and whoever they put in charge cannot make a good X-Men movie. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, like, like we said, is, you know, is is how much power do networks have over these ideas? And it seems like... Um, or uh, not not networks, but studios like Warner Brothers. They, they we're starting to think Warner. You know, depending on how this the Snyder Cut comes out, maybe it's just you know these studios have no idea what they're doing or, and how to to, yeah. to create a, a great property. So you know, we'll see. Hopefully. Yeah, I watched this movie for what seemed to be seven hours <laughs> with with a cast that I thought could have been great like okay. this my thought going into it was this was going to be so good that disney plus was going to give it a series because you had recognizable faces you had anya taylor joy charlie heaton from stranger things Maisie williams you know you had everything was there a yeah. young cast a young affordable cast that disney could put on their you know their disney plus and have a, a horror-based x-men show what i got was just angsty anger and dialogue that wasn't needed and very little action. Five minutes of action. Okay. It was the biggest disappointment in any X-Men movie. that, And I saw Dark Phoenix in theaters. Um, and this was, yeah, and this was a movie that I waited two years for. So uh, I feel bad and I uh, 
understand why everybody who worked on the New Mutants came out and said, that's not our New Mutants. So, right. Um, if you want to see it, if you're a completionist that like you and I are, uh, punish yourself and, and watch it. But um, if you don't want to see it, you're not missing anything because the Fox X-Men franchise ends the way that you thought it would um, in a complete dumpster fire. Yeah, it's a whimper. It's a very it's a huge whimper. So, yeah. And the last thing I saw is on Netflix, which is the, the brightest spot. It's the Queen uh, Queen's Gambit. Yeah, I've been wondering what that movie's or show is about. I, I and it keeps popping up, and it keeps people tell me it's great, and uh, I, you know, somebody compared it to, to the Rocky series. But um. oh well, I, well, I wouldn't go that far. It's not Rocky, <laughs> uh, but it's it's about chess. Okay, and it's, it's about it's about a young girl who is a chess prodigy. Spoiler alert! I guess we're entering spoilers for everything that we're going to yeah. talk about from here on. I should have said that in the beginning. Um, it's about a young prodigy who is learns how to play chess and there's some substance abuse issues there's a, a little underlying mental health stuff okay. and you just kind of you kind of see from the beginning of her uh becoming a prodigy to you know her at the top of her game All right. so and and anya taylor joy's in it and she's fantastic she was okay in new mutants she's probably the only character that i want to come, come over from new mutants okay. because i think they got magic right i think she was like the perfect casting yeah, looks yeah. and acting abilities she was 100 percent. but um yeah i can see that that's my sense th- yeah that's my ted talk of <laughs> what i saw have you seen anything interesting that you'd like to share great british bake-off still still kicking it's one of my favorite shows fantastic <laughs> um i'll tell you what there's like i watch all these shows that nobody else watches somebody's watching because i keep getting sequels what is the one it's about a guys in canada that build cars can't remember. It's really good. They always complain. If guy's like seven years old, he has like he's always dirty. I don't know. They have no money, but it's it's pretty good. The car shows on on Netflix have been pretty good. Um, okay. There's a lot of stuff that you know Binks has been watching. He he watched Lighthouse. He watched Bill and Ted. He watched what else did he watch? He watched uh, Train to Busan. And I can't watch any of them because I had my daughter. He's only four, so um, I'm kind of jealous of his 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 because uh, he's he's without a computer for you know whatever reason you know got you know got taken away so he's taken advantage of that time and just been watching great movies so okay and I mean the lighthouse that the movie that I never thought he'd ever watch <laughs> but uh, you know he's expanding his palette which yeah, is fantastic. Yeah. I have no idea what but, that's about. I'm not. I mean, I guess I should watch it just to see like a brooding. Uh, well, I guess he's always brooding. Um, what's his name? Uh, Willem Dafoe. No, nah, well, he's always brooding too. Uh, Robert Pattinson. So, yeah. You know, see, if, I'd give it, give it a shot. So it might change your mind on uh, on Bat, uh, Pattinson as Bat, a, as Batman. Bat Pattinson. Pattinson. Yeah. Yeah. I almost called him Batfleck, but yeah, Pattinson. <laughs> You're right on. Right on those. Uh, what I will say is that we both have been watching a show, and um, that's Mandalorian. Yep. Uh, which is absolutely fantastic. We're halfway through it. Uh, what do you think about this season so far? I know it's the you know, it's what uh, essentially an hour and a half worth of content because we're getting twenty five minute episodes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, well, we've been you know we missed our Mando minute on last week because we didn't do an episode. Um, Starbuck as. Um, as um, 
What's her, what? Uh, who'd she play? Uh, Bo Katan. Bo Katan is perfect. Like, absolutely. Katie Sackhoff can't, should never ever play, and will never play. I don't think it's her. A a a like damsel in distress. That's not. No. That's not her breed. She plays this, you know. The the her and like Catherine Winnick will always go and like play the tough, you know, uh, the heroine and and um, will steal like the show. Um, yeah. But she was perfect. Like that's probably the best casting they did. Uh, I think from come. I mean, we'll see what Ahsoka brings. I I think that's going to be a long. I don't think Ahsoka comes for a couple months or a couple episodes. I think that's really. Uh, yeah, I think. Uh, it's every they know how important she is. I don't know. I think I think it'll be like the second to last, or maybe like okay. I think it's the next one. Really, I do. I don't know. I think I think they know how important it is. So I think they they could stretch it out a little bit, and the casting okay. might be great for it. We think it will be. I I love Sasha Banks. I think she was it was a wasted casting. Not bad in any way. But it was a big name that didn't go anywhere. You know what I mean? Like Yeah. Tosca Reeves. Not that I, I I didn't know what we were expecting her to be. Um well she could have been one of the Jedi's, but you know. I thought she was gonna be Sabine. Yeah. You know, I I'd been on my soapbox out on the corner saying, you know, Sasha Banks is gonna be Sabine. And um like like I said an active geek, I wasn't wasn't upset with it because it just means Sabine's going to come later and we might get a bigger established right. actress already. Right. This is her first acting role aside from, you know, WWE, like the Marine 36. So it's, <laughs> I, I, it's a good, it's a good start for her. Looks wise, Sabine will be good. And I also think she could have played Ahsoka too, looks wise. She would, okay. she had, she's kind of slight compared to like yeah. Rosario Dawson. So uh, maybe the younger Ahsoka, she would have been perfect. Yeah. Um, the Padawan. Yeah. Um, but, you know. What did you, what did you think about um, the ending of this last episode with uh, Moff Gideon and his plans moving forward? Okay. Tell me what that was. That was a bunch of okay, clones so, of. So when they when they're in the the hideout or the base, they see the the, the tube test tube. Yeah. Right? It looked like Snoke. Okay. Okay. So it it looks like Moff Gideon, and based on what the doctor was saying, he's saying, you know, we're looking for that M count. M count, obviously, midichlorians are. We'll never get away from them. Uh, he's saying, you know, this subject failed because we don't have enough blood from the child, and it looked like it kind of looked like Snoke, but it's proving that Moff Gideon may be the first person to su- try to successfully uh, make Force troopers. Okay. Okay. Because like. They didn't zoom in on the armor, and there was like a really terrible glare. Either whether where where I was watching it, there was a bad glare, or on the show there was like a lens yeah, flare. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they all looked like they had Darth Vader helmets to me. That's then, what like, I was I wondering. I looked at it. Um, yeah, I was kind of trying to figure out what we were seeing. Um, I I I got I got clones, but I wasn't like I couldn't figure out what they were clones of. Once they had talked yeah. about, because they had talked about taking the blood of the subject, and they don't, you know, that's a child, because he has a high metachlorian or M count. Thank God they don't say metachlorians. We don't, yeah. we don't need that in our lives. Yeah, I was just trying to figure out, what, you know, what those were. And, I mean, that would be, uh, if let's say it was Snoke, which, I don't know. I mean, 
if that was the origin of Snoke, I kind of find that kind of fulfilling. I mean, it, I don't know if it will be, but yeah, because we didn't get a Snoke origin. Um, yeah, so that'd be neat to see. Um, and we know that Palpatine's kind of floating around during this time, right? Like he's been in the shadows, kind of jumping from clone to clone. And maybe this is where him and Moff Gideon kind of hook up. And he's like, you know, I need a, a proxy and it's going to be Snoke. And Snoke goes out there and does his right, thing. Right, right, right. And that was like, that's the successful part. Because like, as far as I know, we haven't seen like in the the new Skywalker saga, we didn't see the force sensitive death troopers. Yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah. We never saw them. So this is this is new territory for us. It's deeper in the lore. I know that the death troopers are in the lore. But we haven't seen that on screen yet, so it, it's cool that they're they're built. He looks like he's building this. I don't know if he's ever going to get it off the ground. He's going to have to like to go to like the Empire Shark Tank and get like some uh, like get Thrawn to throw some credits his way so he can keep doing this. Yeah, um, I guess that, this is kind of a lesson in you know just because you topple the leader, it doesn't mean that the whole political structure is just going to fall. There, there is no like magic. Uh, magic bullet to take somebody out because you know we are so many years I don't know how many years removed we are from the I mean the the Emperor dying and Vader dying and the um, Death Star getting blown up but I mean we're a certain amount of time a decent amount of time so yeah and about four or five years I mean all that's happened is nobody gives a shit about you know troopers it's kind of like business as usual it's just yeah maybe these guys have just been around long enough that it you just go from you know one crazy dictatorship to another and you know you're still you're still not at the top so yeah as we've seen in history sometimes it's the people under the leader who are the crazier ones right so you just it's the empire has that like next up in line kind of mentality where like we know gideon's that moff gideon's out there but also, in this time period, who was just floating around when Death Star blew up, is General Thrawn, mm-hmm. or Vice Admiral Thrawn, who we're probably never going to see. I don't think Timothy Zahn's ever going to release the rights to Thrawn, unless John Favreau says, like, listen, this is what we're going to do. Filoni's got right. artwork, and, like, this is, this is how we're going to portray him. This is who we're casting. But Thrawn's in space doing his thing. Gideon's on the ground doing his thing. So we're kind of seeing that new next in line trying to get that startup in between uh, Snoke and Kylo's uh, rise to power. Yeah, and, and you know what? Um, they also got all those, like, the books had all those, um, the, 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 like, the lost, um, de- or the lost um, dreadnoughts and stuff like that. And there was, like, a factory mm-hmm. that made, that was just making and cranking out um, uh, destroyers and, and stuff like yep. that. So... Yeah, there's that whole planet that we were on in Rise of the Skywalker where it was just destroyers. Yeah, yeah. There is, I mean, there's meat on the bone for the canon stuff. I, I, I kind of like how they keep it kind of like um, the the fringe planets, sort of like not, none of the, uh, you know, the, the planets that don't have a lot going on. They don't, you know, they're not making trips to Coruscant and stuff like that. Um, yeah. So we'll see. Uh, I don't, you know, I kind of like this these outsider world stuff. So, yeah, Tra- Trask was great. Yeah, yeah. You know, they're they're going to this forest moon. Uh, I can't remember the name of it. Where Ahsoka's going to be? I'm hoping for Ewoks. <laughs> um, I'm 
I'm almost certain, like, in my mind, Ahsoka shows up next because after that, we only have three episodes left. Right. Short run, eight episodes. Um, you're thinking if they're sticking to their show, their, their episode timeline, that's an hour, what, two hours worth of right. footage that they have left. Um, one of those episodes needs to be an hour. I would hope the last one, but, you know. Yeah, I'm super selfish, and I'm sitting there, and I'm like, we're 25 minutes into it. I got two minutes left of the show. <laughs> like, I, I want more. Answer more questions. I don't want to hear. I don't want to see who directed it. Although I did love that Carl Weathers directed this last episode. Yeah, and he absolutely crushed it. Even though they captured a guy who kind of looked like Chuck on the sidelines, like leaning into frame. But yeah, there was a. I, I, thought I, I saw that, and the there was like a mic that dipped in, but that's not his yeah. fault. That's editor's fault. Yeah. yeah. They, yeah, they have to go through and they have to find it. They have leagues and leagues and leagues of special effects artists that could just scrub yeah. that out of frame. You know, why didn't Ed or see that? I don't know, but yeah. Do you think uh, because Bo-Katan is so big right now, so popular, there's rumors that she's going to be in that Bad Batch animated series? So Kate, Katie Sackhoff, who voices Bo-Katan in the animated stuff, is going to be a very busy woman. Do you think that she gets a spinoff with the Night Owls? Yes. Yeah, I think so too. I think her, Sasha, and you know, uh, yeah. Um, could it coincide with the Ahsoka stuff because they're connected? They know each other from the Clone Wars. They know each other from Rebels, yeah, yeah. and she's That's like the thinking, go-between. You know, she gets a dark saber. She tries to get the dark saber. I would hope that there's a bigger storyline for for Bogotan. Um, Me too. Uh, and I wouldn't mind like. They just kind of hinted at at Mando being a fringe, a sect of of Mandalorians that nobody talks about anymore. So they didn't get too deep, but I I, I kind of like the fact that they just they didn't they just threw that out there a little bit, like yeah, you know, the, your child of the dawn. Yeah, you know, your way is not the way. So there could be some Mandalorian strife and and. Yeah. You know that'll be a lot of fun if the, if if Mando has to fight Bo-Katan down the the way a little bit or something like that. So yeah. um, we'll see about that. That what you know what happens there. But yeah, I think each episode just keeps getting better yeah. and better. I know a lot of people didn't like the Frog Lady episode, but it served its purpose. I got Baby Yoda canceled <laughs> for genocide. Because, you know, he's commit. Yeah, he's he's committing genocide. I did, I. I None of them are bottle episodes because they do have, they all are representative. They're all in the arc, but this yep. was just a sort of kind of bottle episode. I didn't hate it. I I like the, I like the giant spiders and I like the, uh, liked all that stuff. So uh, it didn't bother me too much at the time. Um, yeah, me either. Um, I actually I liked it a lot. I thought yeah, it was great. I like all love, of them. So I love the weird creatures. Yeah, you know, I love all these weird creatures. I want more Rodians. <laughs> Uh, if we can go to a, a just one planet full of Greedos, <laughs> I, I'm on board for it. But um, I'm going to give them all five for five. So I'm sure yeah, 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 yeah. you're giving it five for five. And we'll we'll do Mando Minutes. It, it, again, it's an active geek tradition for <laughs> the whole network that we do Mando Minutes. Uh, but let's get into our main topic, uh, a movie that I talked about maybe two or three episodes ago um, that I saw it and I, I – loved it so spoiler alert there's my uh there's my <laughs> review of it but we're going to talk love and monsters directed by uh michael matthews this was essentially his biggest movie uh he did a movie 
um, based off of two cop, cops getting killed by a lion in South Africa uh, mm. way a couple years ago. But this was like his first mainstream movie. Uh, it's sitting at a 91 on Rotten Tomatoes yeah, from the critics. Yeah, that's crazy. And 88 on uh, an audience score, which is which is also kind of crazy because I, I think it's much higher than 88 in my mind. Stars Dylan O'Brien, Jessica Henwick, who played Colleen Wing in um, Iron Fist, yep. and uh, Michael Rooker. Yeah. And uh, we kind of start – I'll give the synopsis. We're, we're in a world where – Everything that was cold-blooded has grown exponentially. They become monsters. Right. So reptiles, insects, everything like that has grown exponentially. And everybody is li- living under the ground. Uh, so it was like what an asteroid happened or some kind of yeah. An asteroid was heading event. to the to to the planet, and um, yeah, asteroid was heading to the planet, and everybody shot it with different things. Um, yeah. weapons. Um, they, they used all their nukes. All the nukes, everything else. So, kind of, without getting in too deep, they kind of just say, look, and Ground Zero was the town that he's from. Um, can't remember the town that he... He says it a couple times. Freeland? Yeah. Is that what he says? Freeland? Freeland? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, I just assume that, like, the chemicals and whatever the asteroid was made of and you know, it's been, you know, everything that's been nuked could have changed it or mutated, whatever that thing was. That all falling back to Earth mutated everything else. Yeah. And everybody's living underground. They're all having their bunkers. And, you know, it, it's your classic uh, apocalypse movie, dystopian movie. Yeah. However, the, the threat isn't humans. Uh, it Well, at some point it becomes humans. It's but, always the um, humans that eventually. Yeah. But the monsters are the bugs and everything that mm-hmm. that are out there, um, spiders and you know, frogs and all that stuff. And Dylan O'Brien is your your lead. He's living underground, doing nothing. He's he's cooking, he's cleaning, he's being their their house, uh, you know, like their housewife. And he finds out that his girlfriend Jessica Hemwick, or his former girlfriend, uh, is living eighty miles away um, in her own colony. And he says, you know what? I've had enough of this. I want to go. And I think it's what they say, like, it's a seven or eight day walk mm-hmm. from one. So it's like, geez, he's only walking 10 miles a day. I, I don't I don't know distance and walking, but I feel like I could walk more than 10 miles. Yeah, but then you got to go over the mountain and you're getting attacked yeah, and, and swamps. And, and he has yeah, a map that was drawn by a child 20 years ago. So. Yeah, uh, you know, that is true. I feel like I, I could walk 10 miles on a good day in, like, a regular world, yeah. apocalyptic world, maybe, like, a mile and a half. And that would yeah. be, like, in a tree somewhere. Like, like, don't get me, giant cicadas. But he's making his way there, and throughout, he meets Michael Rooker and the little girl that's take, that's with Michael Rooker. And he, he finds a dog. He gets a, a nice little Australian Kelpie dog, Kelpie, which was yeah. a, beautiful, a beautiful dog. And then, uh, eventually... Through a series of events, he becomes more of a man than he thought he could be, and he gets to his girlfriend, there's pirates, and then there's problems. So that's the two-hour movie in a nutshell. Yeah. What did you What did you think of it? Um, I, I um, this is pretty good. I liked it a lot. I liked, uh, uh you know, it, 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 I think it was, it kind of reminded me of Daybreak. Yeah. Or day no daybreak. 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 Yeah, Daybreakers is a is, vampire movie. Yeah. 
Um, yeah, it kind of reminded me of that a little bit. Um, uh, just in the um, kind of how they create like little pockets, the pocket factions and stuff like this. Mm-hmm. Um, but the uh, yeah, I, I it was something different we haven't seen before. There was you know the the mutated monsters instead of zombies. That's that's nice. We don't we have a lot of zombies and um, yeah. I I like the sort of not serious zombie movie. Um, that's why I've always liked Simon Pegg movies and 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 uh, Truth Seekers and 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 the uh, Coronet trilogy kind of thing. Um, yeah, because after a while, it's just you know you you get tired of seeing the same thing happen over and over and over. I yeah. think this this kept. Um, just kept kind of like surprising you with what can happen you know there's they didn't they didn't try too hard to like say hey you know here's a long they didn't give you too much you know yeah, what i mean they didn't like, kill you with exposition yeah it was just here's the story as he sees it and as he goes along and uh which makes sense because how much would he have known from sitting in a bunker literally for se- whatever um, it happened seven years ago and he's been in the bunker for a couple of years and he freezes up and he can't, he can't kill anything. That's kind of where he starts with it. So it makes sense. You don't need a lot of exposition because you should go along the, the, the hike and, and the journey with him and, and figure out what happened. So, uh, yeah, I like that they didn't, you know, they didn't beat us up with that exposition, which I, I kind of usually hate, so. Yeah, I, I totally agree. The the first thing that kind of sticks out to me about this is what you said. It's original. This is something that's not based. I don't believe it's based off a book. I don't think this is a old IP. This is 100% a fresh story where it's a classic quest. Yeah. You know, there's a there's a point A, there's a point B, and you're going to have to go on side quests. You're going to meet different characters, and you might like these characters. You might hate these characters, but then there's going to be dangers. Having going from a, a boy, like you said, who freezes up when the monsters get get into the bunker, when they breach the bunker, to not being able to go hunt, not being a valuable member of his colony, but being respect, like they love him, but he's not valuable. He's not valued. Yeah. So they just said, you know, you cook, you clean, you take care of the cow, and we're going to protect. We're going to do what the adults do. And he says, you know what? I've had enough of this. You guys don't need me. I'm going to go. I like that this is also a, a coming of age story. Yeah. I also like that this had a ton of heart. Uh, you, you're going. You're you really like every character except for the pirates, and they're they're meant to be the bad guys. And like when you meet them, you know they're the bad guys. But like Michael Rooker and the little girl, you love them. Yeah, right away. You know, as as you're going through it, you like. I thought Michael Rooker. Like at first, I thought the dog was going to be Michael Rooker's. And then we were going to have problems. And then Michael Rooker was going to be like, you know, he he looks like he could be the bad guy in this. Well, like he's he's a drifter, older. (laughs) Yeah. Older man traveling with a real young girl. Like it it, it was really like, but he could be a twist. They did a good, good job of saying, look, everybody's got a story. Everybody's got the story of how did you get here? Oh, my son died. My, you know, mom died. My parents died. Um, so it's 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 um, whereas nowadays, if you saw that you know those two like as traveling companions, you go, okay, well, this is this is not okay, and I have a yeah. lot of questions, and I need to call somebody. 
you know, they do a good job of pointing out, like, look, man, everybody's got the same story. Everybody has lost somebody. And at some point, you know, they, they need to talk about it a little bit and then move on because you're not going to surprise anybody by telling your story. Like, they've seen it all before. Yeah. So. Yeah, this this kind of movie is uh, you. We made reference to the Cornetta trilogy, all the Simon Pegg stuff. Uh, I kind of like this to Zombieland. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where it's not too serious. It's full of heart. It's fun. There's moments where you're like, oh, I don't think they're gonna go there. Like when the dog's about to get killed. Yeah. <laughs> I I thought at, when he's holding that dog, I was like, oh no. I was like, this is my Atreyu moment from, uh, you know, never ending story. Yeah. Please don't let this happen. And it, you know, it, it didn't happen. You know, it was, it, it worked. They don't like, if they would have killed that dog, that would have been jarring. Cause it was in so, such yeah. a, like, um, they raised tension, but they didn't, you know, I never expect that dog to die because that would have changed the whole movie. Like it, they didn't do anything too dangerous to anybody i mean everybody the people felt safe maybe that's a bad thing but um i think it was like used to make sure that you they kept telling the story and like moving in a direction and people the people that you care about die off screen like you know you hear about his original colony lost couple people and stuff like that you don't see it happen right in front of you so yeah, and I, I really I really like the monsters too. We got like the giant kind of spider, the tor- the tortoise, the the slugs, and the frog, and then we get the crab from Moana. That's right. Uh, he the first thing I thought was uh, that's a Moana crab. That's a New yeah, Zealand here, here accent. Comes, yeah, here comes Jermaine Clement. <laughs> he shows up, and uh, you know, there when all right. So let's jump to the end. When they get to the end, and you're introduced to the pirates. Did you know that right away they were going to be the bad guys? I knew they were up to something different, and they didn't they didn't linger too long for you, you know, to, before the reveal. But there is a thing like everybody he does meet on his way, the robot, and you know, uh, yeah, the robot scene was great. Yeah. I thought that was really good. But the people that he meets on his way, and the people that he's friends with, and the people that he meets as soon as he gets there. You have, like, this general feeling that, like, they're written somehow to make you trust them. Michael Rooker and, yep. and, and the little girl. They wrote the pirates somehow to not be, like, they don't just come out and say, oh, we're going to kill everybody and we're pirates. But they write them for you to feel, like, a general, like, malaise about them. Like, you don't like them. Yeah. And they're douchey. You knew that. They brew their own beer, stuff yeah. like that. But, you know. They're hipsters, like you, yeah. You they that that's the sect from Brooklyn that came down and they found they found out you know where Jessica Hamwick was keeping all the old people and even they I guess they weren't bad guys they weren't villains they were just thieves yeah well uh, and we know that they're that's rule number one yeah yeah the rule number one was you don't steal food in the apocalypse and that was you know Dylan O'Brien was accused of getting kicked out because he stole food and you know that was did you steal food and he's like no no he's like I'm doing this for love and. When they released the crab, I was like, "That's a that sequel written all over oh, yeah, it." Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like because now people are controlling the monsters, and if you can control the monsters like the pirates did with the crabs, wh- who else is doing that? And there's got to be like 
if that was just the a small amount of people who were evil, who are bad? Who are the the people who are truly evil? Well, and also that's what I wanted to see. Uh, you know, there's sequel written all there's there's Michael Rooker's encampment up north. Um, mm-hmm. that you you see that you know Michael Rooker kind of just talks about it just being the snail that that's good or bad, but it seems yeah. like it. They all have some kind of. There's all. There's a possibility that anything can be good or bad. And crab is is turned around by the end of it. Um, yeah, he he's just being abused and turned evil. Yeah. The the little girl who played uh, young Gamora in the uh, Infinity War. Oh yeah. She says, you know, you have to look in their eyes. That's when you could tell. Like that's it's, it's kind of like with anything. Like if you can tell when someone's being malicious through their eyes, right. like their eyes reveal their hand before they even show you what's going on yeah and i Uh, thought that that was cool like the the dynamics between humans and the monsters the people who have kind of coexist with the monsters versus you know the the ones who are you have the predators and you have the preys it's kind of like predators and pollinators essentially right so like the turtle and the snail they're good the frog's predator and you have to avoid that and like that's the moral of the story at the end once you know dylan o'brien you know gets on the ham radio and tells everybody this is the map this is what you want to do just you have to coexist you have to just know where not to go and know where to go so it definitely has sequel on it oh question is do you i I think do you do you think it gets a sequel because one there's a lot of cgi to this movie uh limited release in theaters it's doing a lot on video on demand uh i know it only i think it made like 297,000 opening week and I think it's only at a million so hmm. I mean not many movies are under a million dollar budget does this does it does this take the bloodshot route where bloodshot did well cinematically for during an epidemic and it got a sequel and does this just follow suit or could this be cut down a little bit and say let's do a series this is a Netflix series, Love and Monsters. Michael uh, Michael Matthews comes and works on Netflix, HBO Max, something like that. I I, I think it has uh, more legs as a series. Um, but as I say that, Mike, you know, your streaming sites usually do eight to ten episodes, which, okay, I could get that. But how many of them, how many seasons does this could this get, like... Yeah. What I mean, I mean, and we don't Walking know. Dead got we don't know seven seasons and three spinoffs, right? And we, but there's no, there is no source material. We're always talking about yeah. watching something original. I mean, this isn't necessarily like never uh, like unheard of kind of storytelling, but it is original, you know, source material. It, there is this doesn't yeah. exist anywhere else, so they could, could kind of do whatever they along, want with it. So yeah, could this go along the lines of Stranger Things? Uh, you know what I mean? Yeah. Where you can just, you don't have to focus on Dylan O'Brien and Jessica Henwick for eight episodes. You can focus on the little girl, Michael Rooker's um, expedition. You can focus on the villains, introduce them uh, sporadically. You can do a flashback episode. I see two seasons out of this, at least two seasons. Yeah. Two, three seasons. Um, You know, there's a redemption story somewhere with the pirates or. uh, Well, they're dead. Well, no, but I mean, like the 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 idea of like 
yeah, they're pirates, but people are just starving and need resources. Yeah. And... Only the strong survive. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, 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 I think something could happen there. And, you know, even like it could all just be a redemption story to how they live with their current situation, how they come to peace with it. And, um, yeah. You know, uh, it just and is it does... what it is now. So, yeah. And, the, the series or that were the series that we're writing right now for Michael Matthews. Um, but the movie doesn't dive away from like it doesn't take any detours. It's a love story with monsters. Mm-hmm. You know, it's cut and dry. Yeah. That's what you get. There's no, there's not a wasted scene in this movie. In, in my mind, there's there no wasted time. You're going from point A to point B. Like I said, it's a quest. And during quests, there's there's turns, there's there's things that you have to do, there's lulls because you have to rest. So we got a little bit of the rest, but you also have to break down the rules. I think this makes yeah. for like I I love this movie. This is one of those ones that I probably would have watched on Redbox or HBO when it came out for free uh, because I do like I do like Dylan O'Brien. I've liked him since The Maze Runner. I think he was great in American Assassin, and I think he's got a future. And once I saw Michael Rooker was in it and Jessica Henwick, I knew them. I was yeah. like, I'm going to watch this. But this was one that I think is going to gain a little more traction because of COVID. Because people are at home and they're going to be like, I need something to watch. Yeah. And this came out. So this was a this was a, once this was it, a little gem. I, I think, I mean, it's going to linger for longer. And I, I, I think once people realize that it's good and it, it like they don't just you know, write it, write it off wholesale and say it just looks silly and dumb that they realize it's actually a pretty good movie and, and you know, it, it warrants the good reviews that it's getting and they give it a chance. I think more word of mouth. I, I, I think this is a... Uh, it makes more money long-term than it does on, like, opening weekend and stuff like that. And yeah, maybe that's what they Absolutely. do. Maybe they give it... They gave it a... They gave it an opportunity. They wrote a sequel into it, basically. So we'll we'll just see what happens, you know. And yeah, and when you're browsing for something to to look for, one you're gonna strike on the teenagers because they know Dylan O'Brien, they like him, yeah. and then the parents are gonna be like, "Oh wait, ninety one percent, that's good." Like right, and, and there's story and there's meat there. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes when Chelsea and I are looking for a movie. You know, she'll look at the Rotten Tomato score and be like, "Oh, I'll give that a shot." And I'm like, "Oh, I don't know. That's you know, <laughs> it's the Babadook. It's at 100. Yeah. We, we know what that's like." But in this case, you know, we've kind of we've been outspoken about Rotten Tomatoes in the past about how critics kind of get a little yeah. ahead of themselves and, and get too artsy for them, and they don't understand certain genres. Uh, I think they nailed this one. I think 91% is uh, this is definitely a certified fresh movie. <clears throat> it it's should a, be. Yeah. It's a sit. Yeah, it's a sit down for an hour and a half, two hours, shut off your brain, and enjoy the hell out of a fun story. That's the thing is I, uh, in, in you know, you asked me what I watched. I, I didn't really mention that. Like, I've watched uh, Minions for the fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth time. I'm not sure. Oh, but I also watched. Greatest wa- <laughs> movie ever. <laughs> but I watched, I watched Bill and Ted again. Um, I've actually watched this twice since we were talking about it. Uh and I watched Bill and Ted because Binks wanted to watch it and Nicole wanted to watch it. And You know, more than ever, we need just something to forget. You know, like, yeah. I don't need reminders of my what what's going on. I just need a minute to just, you know, 
willingly put my phone down, not watch the news, and just forget. And I, I, this does a good job of like keeping you entertained for an hour and a half. Like you said, it's it's yeah. it's it's that it's, it's it's just enjoyable for an for ninety minutes or whatever it is. I think it's ninety minutes. It's just a really enjoyable movie. And I, yeah. I mean, in the end, and that's all you can really. That's all, no matter what you think of it, that's what it should be. Yeah, and it can double as training for uh, an <laughs> yeah. apocalypse that may happen. Um, this this is a movie when when I saw this and I was like, who would survive best underground? I think of Pace. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I feel like he would be fantastic in this world. He'd like be he would the, be the leader of uh of like the South Jersey yeah uh, monster hunters. He'd be cooking and growing his own food. Yeah, he, I mean he's he's got the hunting stuff, but. I don't think that would be his forte. It would be the, you know, the maintaining the um, the place. Yeah, being the leader. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so let's go to a rating. Give me what you got on this one. And then I have a question because in true Galaxy Wars fashion, we're going to have to talk superheroes after this. I will give this a 4.5. Um, Same. Yeah. 4.5. It was just, it was so much fun to watch. Um I'm not going to get into why I didn't, you know, 0.5, but yeah, it, it, it was, it, you know, it's, it's about as good as you can ask for. And it's a shame that it might not make the money that it deserves. I mean, but, uh, you know, hopefully it gets, it, will. it gets our bump, but we'll see. Yep. It's going to get the galaxy <laughs> wars bump and, uh, you know, it's going to be nominated for an Oscar best original screenplay. You heard it here <laughs> first. Uh, so my question, Dylan O'Brien He's he's been hot for the last 10 15 years. Does he get a superhero role? And if so, do you think you know who you'd want him to play? He I would see him from this. He would have been great as Ant-Man or Scott Lang a little bit I think. Okay. Um uh he, he but I'm I'm trying to think in that that genre of uh superheroes I I I want to I mean, I'm thinking about what's coming in the future for MCU. I would say maybe Human Torch. Okay. Um, I went uh, f- future MCU as well. I went Nova. Okay. That would be pretty good, too. Yeah. I went uh, Nova and yeah. possibly like a MCU or a World of DC or whatever the hell they're calling it. Uh, ben Affleck's Robin. Okay. Yeah. I think he's too old to play Robert Pattinson's Robin. I think they're... Maybe like five yeah, or six years maybe, apart from uh, each other. Which I mean, if you're gonna say uh, Robin, then he could. I mean, he could play He's Nightwing. Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. He could play Nightwing easily. Um, yeah. Yeah, that's pretty good. Yeah, I like. And he's that. led franchises with Maze Runner, and you know he did the Michael Keaton movie American Assassin. He's done a lot of stuff. Yeah, and, uh, and, and action, I, all action too, and 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 yeah, you and, know. This is different than I think he's done in other places because it's actually less action. He doesn't he didn't do those things like the American Assassin stuff. It, um, he's not you know getting monsters in a chokehold. He's you know no. mainly run, just staying he's alive. He's hiding under trucks and stuff. Yeah, you know? he's doing more of his maze he's, running than he is anything else. So yeah, and you know, ten five years ago when the last Maze Runner was being filmed, I don't know how long ago. A lot of people didn't think he was going to make it out of it because he got hit by a car pretty tra- – like, yeah. he almost died uh, doing a stunt on Maze Runner. So, uh, you know, this is – he disappeared for a little bit, to my knowledge. He kind of went off the radar, and he came back with this. And 
um, I'm glad to have him back. So hopefully a superhero rolls in his future. Hopefully. Yeah, I think, you know, we got to, you know, I've seen people do some fantasy casting. Um, I sent, I just sent you one not too long ago about uh, the guy from uh, Walking Dead being Guy Gardner. Yeah. And I thought that was Michael really Michael Cudlitz. Yeah. Um, but we got to, like, the more years that we get on in this, the less we have to think about our favorite actors. And we the more we have to think about the next generation of actors and I, I you know, yeah. and, and that becomes more and more important each year that passes. And, um, so this, yeah, the MCU needs to get younger. It does. It needs to get a lot younger. Yeah. Because I, cause if you look at it, like Tatiana Maslany's thirties, yeah. right. She's probably, she's either my age or maybe a year or two older. Oscar Isaacs. I think he's like 36, 37. Yeah. Um, then they got, um, Miss Marvel. Who's, I think she's 18, but she looks 11. <laughs> yeah. But that, I mean, but that's pretty much it. You know, you've, you've got everybody else in their late thirties, early forties. And then plus they need to start bringing in the, the younger talents, the twenties, right. the, the, you know, the uh, early twenties, late teens. And I know that, I know he's been around a long time. Um, what's his name? Um, Dylan O'Brien. Dylan O'Brien. Uh, and he's probably, you know, early thirties, but I, Nineteen ninety one, so twenty nine. Um, yeah, we have to find places for good younger actors, and I don't mean that just because I don't want to see older actors. I'd love to see them, but I, I also want to see this go for twenty years. And and yeah, you know the beauty of the original, you know, set of te- you know set of movies was in real time they made the actors get older, and they they did the the five year jump, and they put them through hell. So the wear and tear, which it wasn't much, they're, you know, beautiful people. So, but still, you know, they could age in these movies and it's not like a crazy thing. And, you know, you're not, you're not running into the Star Wars problem of within five years, they have to age, make them go from like a full head of hair and, you know, svelte to make them look like they're 90 years old. So I don't know. Yeah, you gotta get you gotta cash in on the the next generation, like you said, because it, it it is a longer lasting process. It's not a a one movie and then you're done. That's the DC motto essentially at from the last ten fifteen years. But Marvel is you're you're signing on to three movies for your trilogy, two plus like team up movies, and then you might get a Disney Plus show. So yeah. you know, I don't know how how old Simu Liu is uh, from Shang Chi, but he looks like he's probably around my age, in between mine yeah, and your age. Yeah. So, watch, watch it be like twenty four or something. Yeah, that'd be crazy. Yeah, I don't know. But that, but that's it, man. Uh, that's our episode. We're gonna get out of here next week. We'll come back with some fun stuff. Uh, Maybe next week. No, next week's gonna be fun because we're talking Nicolas Cage. Yeah, I. I yeah, it's not a get. You can't make a guarantee that Nicolas Cage is going to be fun. Um, oh, it. It's not going to be a great movie. It's going to be, uh, it's going to be a disaster. But every now and then you run into a Mandy. We're not going to run into a Mandy. No, this is but. more of like, uh, well, speaking of weird movies, have you seen the previews for Fat Man? I sure have. Um, With Mel Gibson. Yeah. And I was wondering if that I, that might make our list of, uh, you know, it might be, it might be our Christmas movie this year. <laughs> <laughs> but uh 
Next week, we're going to watch Jiu-Jitsu, a new Nicolas Cage sci-fi ninja movie. And uh, we'll review it, and we'll have a great time talking about it. It'll be our post-Thanksgiving episode. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, follow us on social media, Galaxy Wars Podcast. Support the network, Active Geek, every Wednesday. And uh, here's $20. Buy yourself something nice.